Welcome to Marketing Like a Mother, a podcast made for mumpreneurs by mumpreneurs. Each week we're diving into mum-approved business and marketing strategies to help you grow a profitable and family-friendly business. Today I am your host Michelle Ponvert and I'm chatting with the wonderful Laura Robinson who I have been desperate to have on for a while and I'm so glad we could make it happen. She is a copywriter, marketing mentor, and just all-round fascinating human who I'm really excited to talk to. And Laura, before I gush too much, do you want to share a little bit about what you do in your own words? And then we can get diving in on some really cool topics that I think everyone's going to really enjoy listening to. Wow, that was such a good intro. I don't think <laughs> I can beat that. <laughs> um, but the kind of the shortened version is um, I have flounced out of my job about... 15 years ago and the thing I could do was marketing and writing because my job had been marketing and communications so I set up as a copywriter because that was like my fastest route to cash um, <laughs> and I did that for many years I really loved especially writing sales pages for um, like online business owners then I started teaching other business owners how to do that for themselves. Um, and now I also have a marketing mentorship, which tends to attract people like me who have a lot going on in their life. And they need to figure out a way to like have a business and some way of marketing that that's going to fit in with like whatever it is that they're dealing with at the time. Yeah. And that's definitely where you and I connected first. I was just full disclosure. I was in your mentorship. I absolutely adored it. And I think it's really refreshing to hear people talk about the realities of running a business alongside a complex life, shall we say. Um, would you mind sharing a little bit about kind of how your journey into running a business around life and chaos kind of came to be, what that looks like for you now? And yeah, we can kind of go further from there. Yeah, so like I said, I left my job about, actually I think it was 14 years ago, 14 years ago. Um, so I had, um, like I I was climbing the corporate ladder. I had a business Ooh. degree. I got straight onto a graduate program. Um, I got promoted out of that quite quickly into a management position. Um, and then I found out that I was not likely to be able to have children. I was only very, mm. like in my early 20s, I was 21. Um, and it, they kind of gave me like it's the now or never thing so I was like okay right we've got to get going I just got married <laughs> oh. and then um, and I fell pregnant straight away so like oh okay so not now or never <laughs> then like now and instantly so but that was fine he was going to go back to uh, nursery and I was going to carry on with the corporate career thing and keep going um and then a surprise baby came along quite quickly <laughs> after that and I was like it's fine we're still going to put that baby back in nursery and I'm going to be able to keep going with my job um, and my second son Callum was born with um, additional medical needs so he had a mm. compromised immune system and he had breathing problems and um, like ENT ear nose and throat type problems so he was in and out of hospital we had what's called open ward access which just means like you don't you don't go to the GP or A&E like you just walk straight into the children's oh, ward wow. every time your kid is sick so we spent a lot of time at the hospital and I just couldn't, I just couldn't carry on working at the same time. And um, my mum yeah. got diagnosed with cancer at the same time. She was only in her forties. She survived and she's strong and thriving now. Um, I'd lost my maternal grandmother at the same time oh um, from the same condition. And it was just like this perfect storm of just horrendous things. But I felt like it needed to be that many. Every time mm. something happened, I was like, but I'll be fine. I'll go back to work. <laughs> so <laughs> eventually I just totally broke. I'd had a number of health conditions. My husband got made redundant, like all within this space oh. of two years. 
And so eventually I went, okay, I'm not supposed to keep getting back up from this. I'm supposed to just stay down for a while. So I did. And I took a whole year where I didn't try and make any money. I just was at home with my kids. They were two and four at the time. And it was just bliss. It was lovely. And then I realized I am never going back to work. I love this so much. There is no way. I'm never getting myself into a position where like, if my kid's been ill in the night and I've had to go to hospital, I still have to get up and drive to a job the next day, which is what I was yeah. like, just don't have any sleep. Just drop in with his dad. So he he could look after him and drive to work I'm never ever doing something like that again so um I always feel a bit envious of the people that have those an idea for a business and then they just go for it and they're really courageous because it wasn't like that for me it was just like (laughs) I cannot work I'm never going back to work what will I do that makes money (laughs) (laughs) mother of necessity (laughs) exactly (laughs) so um I started off um I had a blog for a couple of years and I made money through like affiliate income and advertising Mm. and blogging but it was a slow burn um and it was much quicker to get paid to like to do copywriting for other people Mm. I preferred the um surety of that money like I will pay you this much if you write that Mm. rather than when you write it for yourself you're like I hope this comes off I hope (laughs) you know it comes to money eventually um so I spent about five or six years doing it's so weird to me now to think about it in chunks of time like that because it doesn't yeah. feel like it's been that long um but yeah I spent five or six years writing a website copy sales page copy launch copy sales funnels that kind of thing um and then just evolve like more and more people would ask me how to do that and they want to mm. do it for themselves so that's the direction I've gone in and then obviously in that time my kids have grown so now they're um, at the time of recording they're 16 and the 17 year old is just about to turn 18 so by oh, the time wow. we're listening to that he's 18 <laughs> um and now I'm learning to navigate this new phase where I don't they're not little ones somewhere mm. in the middle there I took them out of school as well I feel like I always forget to mention uh, this just when a small they 10, detail <laughs> <laughs> when they were 10 and 12 I was like no, I'm I'm home and school was not working out for us. So mm. um, I took them out of school and home educated them. Um, and that always sounds like I did way more than I did. Like <laughs> we're quite um, unschoolery, like let them find their own way. So mm. I just facilitated them educating themselves. But then that sounds really lofty as well. Um, <laughs> so they've been home. And then now the 18 year olds at college, uh, 16 year old still um, is like learning from home. So he has a mm. tutor and um yeah like it's just it's like my whole life has been around this business and then the business has had to keep moving mm. you know as my life changes the business has kept adapting to it and it seems really strange to talk about it in a short space of time and realize, <laughs> oh my god that was like a decade of my life or even mm. longer <laughs> and a lot of shifts you know you went from basically blogging and affiliate marketing to done for you service to then adding in like passive income I guess with courses and trainings and then the mentorship which you added on which is somewhere in between all of that you know that's a lot of different places your business has taken you um I'm wondering if in those moments of change of shift you had a sense of oh okay this is the shape my life is now I'm going to put this piece of business into that space (laughs) or if it was very much a like okay we'll try some things throw things at the wall and see what's going to fit in with the life we're having at this stage um I think I consciously redesign stuff quite often and um I the the scenario always makes me think of is when so the kids the boys are 21 months apart Mm. and you would like I had to survive by having a routine like there's you know when they're (laughs) that close so they're like I'm not twins is obviously extremely difficult but 21 months is like this weird gap where one's a baby and 
one is mobile and so mm. you're just like but they were still both in nappies and they still both needed to eat and feed and all the time so I had to figure out okay here's a routine that works for them now and then in just a few months time or maybe a year later the baby dropped his nap at the same time as the toddler and then Oof. I was like okay right so this is my life now like I need to redesign my life and when I'm doing that with my business it feels the same way that mm. you just go okay this works like this routine this way of being this is what our life looked like for this period of time and it worked for us and that was great but now it no longer serves us because something has changed mm. and now I need to go okay well the reality is this now what is gonna serve me just as well yeah. and sometimes that's you know, years apart where I need to change that. But sometimes there are micro changes I need to make during the year. So the 18 year old will finish college in uh, like the end of May. And then we live by the beach and we like to, they go to the sea, like anytime the tide and the weather is good, (laughs) they want to be at the beach. And I juggle, like I change my calendar and my availability around that. So that Mm. I literally have a book that has the tide times in. Oh, <laughs> and they like to go in when the tide is coming in because that's when yeah. the waves are best and so I look and go like okay well what afternoons is that going to work right so I'm going to block those out so no one can book me for a call so if the I weather is that. good on that day we can go to the I'm free to go to the beach and if the weather's bad and we don't go great I've got an open diary and I can do whatever I want mm. so I feel like I do like the big changes happen maybe every few years but even throughout the year I'll be changing like what I offer how I deliver it where I'm available mm what my working routine looks like to fit around what works for our life first yeah yeah I really like that I think the the analogy of adapting to kids as they change their phases is a very good one I'm kind of caught by I think this idea of adaptability and having to kind of go with the flow but I can imagine in certain periods of time I've only got a four-year-old so I don't know what's coming for me but you can imagine there's certain times where the the amount of change is just so huge do you have like really strong structures in your business to keep everything on track while life is chaos or do you just like let it all go and do what can like do what you can when you can I do I really wish I could say yeah I think I have a good (laughs) sense of like what's the bare minimum I need to be able to get Mm. by and like what's my fastest fastest route to money so if I so you know I have uh, you know, if I need to make money quickly, I know how to do that. I know like what my consistent breadwinner is. So at the moment, like my mentoring program is the most important thing for me to sell. Mm-hmm. So that's, um, you know, that's the top priority and I won't get too distracted by like, oh, I want to make this new course. Like I, <laughs> I do have other things I want to create, but yeah. there's like a minimum requirement for me to fulfill every week to keep these parts of my business ticking over. Mm-hmm. And then the other stuff is for fun. Um, I've got much better at having like, systems like using notion mm. i've just started using Airtable to manage my mentoring clients rather than everything being run out of notebooks so <laughs> i have yeah it was awful <laughs> and i still use a lot of notebooks it's still it's mm. not ideal um, but i'm pretty solid about like putting things in my calendar having somewhere online to store all of my thoughts so it's easy for me to go back to them yeah. um so I, that's sort of developed over time through necessity of me going like usually I have to really mess it up one time (laughs) and then I go I am never going back there that was terrible what do I need to put in place now so that that doesn't happen again I'm not great at like forward planning and knowing Mm. if I don't do this now this is the horror that awaits me like I just it's not 
it's not real <laughs> enough for me. I need to experience the pain and then I know, mm. okay, we, we're not going there again. Here's what we need to put in place to prevent that. <laughs> I think that's some very good self-awareness. Like, you know, you have to reach a certain level to be able to make a change. Um, yeah. I'm wondering around that sense of self-awareness, you know, you've talked a lot around how you've shaped things around your kids, around your life. How have you kind of figured out what works for you as like an individual? I think with a lot of listeners being mums, we get very lost in everyone else. And I think it's really interesting to hear how you've been shaping your business and the way you do things to suit like you as a human, not just part of the whole of the family. I don't, I don't know why that started kicking in, but I'm definitely Mm. much more, I'm, I'm very good at noticing how things feel to me and mm. like whether like noticing patterns or um, like how I respond to certain things or it, like, uh, for example, the pot, like having the podcast booked in the calendar, mm. I feel excitement when I look at that. So I know, okay, well, I'm going to do more of those. <laughs> yeah. So it's easy for me to, to know, Oh, just go with that because you want to do more of that. Mm. Um and I go on Zoom to do podcasts, that's fine, but I don't do Zoom for the rest of my business because I had one December where, so I live with something else, I, didn't I live with chronic migraine, which means Oof, yeah. um, for me at the moment, I'm only getting about five to 10 pain days a month, which is actually really good. It can be up to about, the definition means you have to have 15 days, but kind of once you've had the diagnosis, that's that's you sorted for life. Like mm. you just drift in and out between those like five to 15 days. Um, and I had one December where, I don't work very much in December. Like for me, we don't, Christmas isn't one day. We like December is Christmas because you mm. never know who's going to be ill at Christmas. So we're just going to make the whole of December Christmas. There I are like Christmas it. films, there's Christmas snacks, there's Christmas drink, like it, everything's Christmas. And I had this December where I hardly worked. I didn't have any Zoom calls booked in because I wanted to do all the Christmassy things. This was the year before last, but I also just went crazy and I like ate whatever I wanted. I spent <laughs> as long on looking at screens as I wanted to. All the things where they say, oh, that's, you're definitely going to have loads of migraines. And I was mm. fine. Mm. And I was trying to figure out like what's I don't understand what's changed because I also work quite a lot on my own stuff that you know mm. like developing courses or like it's always developing a course I've always got a new course on the go <laughs> um so it wasn't that I'd been off the computer and the only thing that was different was I hadn't had any zoom calls mm. and I was like oh my god this is like revelation what if sitting on zoom calls is the thing that's like making me feel ill every day so yeah. I cut them out and I felt a lot better so it, it's little things like that where you just notice a pattern of if I do this, I feel this way. Mm. So I won't do that anymore. Or I feel really excited. And so I'm just going to keep doing that. I don't know. I think I probably had that self-awareness for quite a while because I was so ill. When I left my job, I was so, so ill. I'd mm. had, um, so I had, uh, when Sam was born, it was a general anesthetic cesarean. 20 months, months later, I had another cesarean to have Callum. I had a uterine infection immediately afterwards. Six months after that, my appendix burst. Oh my and then a year goodness. after that, I had, <laughs> and then a year after that, I had pleurisy. Oh, <laughs> Which I would say me. out of all of them, if anyone's had pleurisy, they're like, okay, that's really, because it's just, I don't think medically it's that serious, but it's extremely painful. Oh. And, um, so I, I had taken my, like, and that my brain was broken, you know, my mind was totally broken at that. I was so depressed as well. And mm. life was just so difficult. So I was physically and mentally in such a poor state yeah. that I, it's almost like by, by survival, I've got, had no choice, but to figure out, okay, well, how did I get there? How do I not go there again? Mm. What makes me feel good? What doesn't make me feel good? So I think that experience all, has made me hyper aware since then. Yeah. And there is still times like where you have to just push through and do the thing that you know is going to make you ill anyway, because you're a mum and like you yeah. have to do that. 
but I'm at least more aware that that's going to happen and then I can take some more time for myself like the other side of it and mm. you know I know I can't push through indif- indefinitely I can do it to a point and then I have yeah. to rest so um I think it's just being so completely broken but I don't recommend that as a strategy <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't well, very nice yeah well we'll just put the asterisks there please don't try this at home <laughs> If there's any way to figure out how to do it before you're in that state, I'd highly recommend it. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. I mean, I, I know what you mean. I think coming, I've been in a state of burnout and kind of coming out of it going, gosh, how do we not do that again? That was horrible. <laughs> and yeah, I think sometimes you do have to hit kind of a, a really big low to find how to take care of yourself better. I think you don't realize that you're doing it. Yeah. Like, I remember having, um, having a conversation with another mum about commuting to London so before I had my kids I would commute to London all the time it's about it's an hour and a half on the train you know it just didn't feel like a big deal to do that and my job Mm -hmm. was split between two locations and sometimes I had to go to London and then I didn't do it for like a year because I was pregnant and then I was on maternity leave and then I went back to my job and they were like right well you're doing a day in the London office today and I felt so ill Mm. after the first train journey so I like got off the train and I wasn't even at work yet I was like I'm broken like just having to get up on time and panicking to catch the train and get on the train and get through all these crowds to get to the office I cannot do an eight hour day on top of this I was just so broken and I remember chatting with another mum about that because she was just saying exactly the same thing like we just didn't realize it was still breaking us when we were doing it like three days a week we just didn't notice because that was our normal and then we've got to a state where we feel better Mm. and then we do it we're like oh this was awful I don't I don't (laughs) want to do that anymore so yeah I think the the better you take care of yourself the more aware you are when something dips you below like your threshold increases for Mm. I want to feel this good all the time and if something pushes you below it like no I'm not doing that anymore but when you're pushing yourself down like the way that you feel is getting lower and lower you're just not aware that you're in that decline so yeah. I, I do try and take really good care of myself and be very strict if something makes me not feel great it's either not happening again or there's going to be like strong boundaries or support around whether I do that again yeah yeah I feel like it's almost the endurance training thing of there's a certain amount you can sustain but as soon as you stop it it's so much harder to get back up and I think with parenting in particular you already have something someone draining a lot of your reserves to start the day you you haven't even done anything productive and you've already lost a lot of your you know battery your spoons however you want to measure that and I think it is something worth paying attention to that you know you're working from a place that's different than you were before kids and like adapting to that reality can take time already, by the time you even start work in the more or the whatever time of day you start work, yeah. you have already done more than I than most people will do in the day. Yeah, <laughs> you've lived an um, entire day before the work. Yeah, before you even see, I remember like when they were at school. It's there's not so much now. I mean, I, our schedule is all over the place anyway. But when they were little and they would be at school, and I would come home and I think I have to start work now. And I had Ugh. already like got up at six o'clock in the morning, sorted out lunches, sorted out uniforms, sorted out breakfast, like fed two other people. I hadn't eaten. I'd fed two cats and two <laughs> small people. I still hadn't mm-hmm. had anything to eat or drink. Um you know got them to where they needed to be made sure it's like all of the stuff and then I'd sit down and think I'm supposed to start work now I still haven't even had breakfast and I've been on the go for like four hours by that point (laughs) it is just mad that we're meant to do all this stuff and raise humans (laughs) it just doesn't make sense 
I think eventually when I I just started being a lot kinder to myself thinking I'm not going to put a six or seven hour day on top of that Mm. like I've already done four hours I'm good if I can have a break and then get a couple of hours in front of my computer I'm going to call that a win and then take the rest of the day off that sounds much healthier (laughs) Uh, well I feel like we could go down the like mum rabbit hole for a lot longer than this but I really have something I want you to talk about and that is your experiment you've been running around pricing and dealing with creating urgency without messing with pricing. I feel like this is something really cool I've been following, but I'd love if you could like share some context. And then I really want to ask you how it's been going <laughs> and what oh, okay. you've sort of learned from the process. <laughs> okay. So I set up or like this time last year, maybe a little bit earlier, I had like all the sales funnels set up with, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you came to the sales page, there'd be a offer for a free thing. And then you had three days to buy the course that's 200 pounds off and then a few times a year I'd also do sales with money off and it just the whole thing felt so complicated and Mm. it wasn't I mean it wasn't that hard to set up but it caused me so much anxiety around like but what if someone just wants to buy the thing and they don't want the free thing and then they miss out Mm. on the 200 pound discount that they would have had if they'd taken the free thing that makes no sense to me or they come back in three months time and they buy it at full price and then I do a flash sale a week later and like it just I'm not saying that other people shouldn't do it but for Mm. me it it just didn't feel good I was just getting stressed out and it was just taking more like I have limited supply of energy I didn't have it to spend on that yeah and I'd done like a couple of flash sales so where you do like the heavily discounted price for three days that hadn't really made very much money so I'd Mm. put all of this effort and all this stress had gone into it and I was like this just doesn't it's not even really working so I'm just not going to do it (laughs) so Mm. I just decided for this year the price is the price and it feels a lot easier for people to say go and buy this course from Laura because they can link to the sales page and they know that (laughs) the person they're sending is just going to pay the price that's on the sales page it's not Mm. like go and buy this course from Laura but first go and download this freebie and then wait three days and then this tripwire offer will come off and (laughs) there's not this weird circuitous route that they have to go through to be able Mm. to get to the best price the price is just the price um it's definitely like saved me a lot of energy and stress Mm. but I would love to say like and and now money rains from the sky from the sky but it's just not (laughs) like that's not what's happened mm. um people sales tick in I tried um doing a promotion where I doubled the length of time payment plans mm. were available for so the price stayed the same but you could spread the payments over six months and I made like two sales it made no difference like two sales so I won't bother doing that again because it's yeah. too much effort to set it up I just leave it with three month payment plans on the three month payment plans like people trickle in like I make mm. a sale every day like almost every day I'll say that now and then there'll be a gap but most days (laughs) most days I'm selling something even Mm. if it's a seven pound thing or a 47 pound thing or a 97 pound thing um and it just feels like a lot more chilled and I'm not Mm. having to think about this promotion schedule or like make sure these uh, like different countdown timers and stuff are working Mm. um so I'm sticking with it for the at least for the year I, I don't see I really struggled to see myself going back from it because it just doesn't fit. Like my energy doesn't work with short-term promotions Mm. or like intense period of activity. Some people work better like that, like where you can chill and then you're intense and you make a lot of money and then you chill again. And I, I just that doesn't work for me if we try and be intense in this house someone gets ill like every time <laughs> something will happen so yeah <laughs> or or a laptop breaks like I'm my um my uh 
deal with the universe is it will break my laptop before it breaks me I'm like oh the laptop oh, breaking again so that means so I was like this is a good arrangement we'll stick mm-hmm. with the laptop being the thing that gets like the the nod that it's time to slow down so um yeah I just don't like that kind of working in peaks and troughs I prefer mm-hmm. things to be smoother and so changing the pricing structure like that seemed to make sense for that but yeah I would love to say to everyone go ahead and do this and all your money worries will be over but that's not true it's still very much like I'm just trying it out and seeing how that goes I mean I don't think there's anything that does that so you know fair enough I I feel a bit mean I say like the old and wizened from mm. my 14 years of working online but I'm pretty certain if there was a magical thing I would have found it by now because I definitely <laughs> tried all of the things yeah <laughs> I guess it's good for, for everyone to know too just find a thing you like and keep doing that yeah and I know that this isn't also just plopping a thing on a website you know you're an amazing copywriter and you have a very cool course that I will plug around persuasion and using like non-slimy non-sleazy ways to sell so I think putting some context in the fact that Laura's still getting consistent sales is the other persuasive techniques that are being used to help encourage the right people to buy. I feel like it's important to put that out there because as you know, a good sales page, a good sort of sales mechanism is like as helpful, I think, as the urgency behind it. So um yeah, yeah there are so many other ways to sell other than urgency and also there are ways other ways to build in urgency besides the ones that you would typically think of mm. so it, it takes a bit of creativity to to think am I have I done everything I can to make this a really good option for them right now yeah rather than like or just even to make it an easy decision so with my approach to persuasion is you're not trying to get a particular outcome you're trying to give the prospect the person looking at your sales page everything they need to make a good decision right now and so the element of urgency is that they'll make the decision now not like otherwise we'll just go yeah and I'm not I'll look again tomorrow or the day after the day after but you aren't forcing a particular outcome you're just saying you do need to make some kind of decision right now so that they can make the decision and move on with their life um Yeah, my approach to persuasion isn't like you do everything you can to get the sale. It's like, here's how we're going to help you make people make great decisions, especially mm. because in our line of work, once people have bought from us, we want that relationship to be ongoing. Like often it's yes. going to be something where they're interacting with us for three months during a mentoring program or <laughs> yeah. working one-to-one with them. And if we use the techniques that we see other people use, which is kind of like a buy or burn strategy, like where you'll squeeze mm. someone so hard, they're just like, take my cash, now leave me alone. That's not helpful for a long-term strategy for smaller (laughs) businesses because you need you're going to keep working with those people so they need to like you and you want them to get results and you want them to be happy about what they've bought and you want them to refer other people so often the things we see other people do and that appear successful are just not going to work for us anyway yeah yeah I'm curious when you did this shift of taking off the sense of urgency taking off those like offers that popped up when people landed on the sales page did you add anything in to kind of add in that extra sense of persuasion or encouraging the people to make a decision when you removed that kind of urgency piece? Not really, not in a methodical way. I'm still mm. working my way through, like I've got so many courses now to sell. <laughs> so that uh, if I'd waited to get them all sorted like that, I just never would have done it. So mm. I, I took them all off and then I've been going through and looking like what's the natural sense of urgency Mm -hmm. for any of these so there's one called marketing game plan which is about 
um like picking a time horizon usually about 90 days but whatever works for you lots of people work with school terms and just figuring out what are the things i'm going to do to grow my audience nurture my audience and convert my audience in this space of time um that's a very short summary of what's inside <laughs> the course um but that naturally lends itself to being promoted at certain times of year because like, I'm not going to promote that in November. Nobody in November is going, gosh, I wonder what my marketing strategy is mm. going to be for like the next four weeks before I bunk off work and enjoy Christmas. <laughs> yeah. But but in January or in the week between Christmas and New Year, mm. the people are primed for thinking I need to get my buying gear and feel like I know what I'm doing. So that one has some sort of sense of natural timeliness whether mm. that's urgency or not but some sort of natural timeliness built in that I can piggyback on and take advantage of and promote it at those times mm. without having to adjust the price um the sales page one uh, I did a live round for that and I think I'll probably keep doing those because mm. that was quite well received and those are the two main ones that I really want people to take anyway mm. um yeah so I'm just I'm and the, the irresistible offers one is it makes sense to buy that if you need help when you're writing the sailing the smooth sailing one like the sales page training one so if i so there's ones where if i promote them it nudges sales of the other ones that's what i'm trying to get at like some <laughs> naturally have some sense of timeliness in some mm. need a bit of artificial urgency by like adding in a live round but some of them are connected to the other courses so sales of one course naturally like follow through because of another course that i've promoted so mm. i'm figuring out how that all works together but i think there'll be some extent of like timeliness for most of them and then lots yeah. of my courses are seven pounds it's like buy it or don't buy it it's not <laughs> you know if you need it you're just going to buy it you don't need any persuasion to do that because it's only seven pounds and you might mm -hmm. as well just see what it's like <laughs> yeah I think that's a very good strategy for letting people get to know you and understand sort of how the way you teach works with their brain and their business and I think yeah the low ticket stuff is always a really nice taster for going going deeper in other things um, I've always really struggled with free things as well, like having to yeah. like make a thing that's better than a blog. I think well, I don't want it to be better than a blog post. My blog posts are amazing. I put a lot of work into my blog posts, mm. but they're there and you don't have to give me an email address for them. So it's hard for me to make a free thing that's better than a blog post, but is not good enough to, you know, if I didn't want to charge <laughs> for it and yeah. then it's there. And I'm like, why am I asking you for your email address? Like it's, it's just sat on my website like a blog post. It's like, why would I not just let you have it? Mm. So I've, I've always really struggled with that. Again, like I don't mind that other people do it. I give my email address away all the time to people who ask for it in exchange for freebie. And I don't find that interaction weird. I just yeah. find it weird when I'm the one doing it. But I love to create something that's only seven pounds. And it tends to be worth a lot you know what I put into it is a lot more than that because in my head it's a paid product. So I want it to be I want it to be awesome. And I suppose also I'm thinking there's scope for the price to increase and if I make it as good as I can now and mm. I want to launch it at seven pounds if in a year's time I think oh do you know what that's a real performer I love that course I could put the price up without changing the content mm. so that works for me I, I just really like creating those little courses like that yeah I think that is a nice way to think about it it's charging for what a really good freebie basically is um I know you've been doing a kind of challenge to yourself of writing a lot more blog posts recently and I just really enjoy this sense of experimentation that you bring and trying things out. And, you know, while we wrap up, I, I wanted to hear how that's been going and what you've been getting out of writing so much more consistently and intentionally. I think the thing I do experiment a lot. I really like that you appreciate that. Cause I think on the outside, <laughs> I look like I just hop from one thing to another, to another in a really disconnected way, but they're mm. all linked. I can oh, see yeah. that they're linked together and that I needed to do one to do the other. So about, I don't know, 
five, six months ago, I had just to find my cat. Can you see it? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, about five or six months ago, I I just really missed writing for the sake of writing. I, mm. uh, you know, my, my dream when I when I started when I left my job, my fairy tale dream was I was just going to write blog posts and mm. people would you know and somehow magically money would come in and it was going to be like ads ad money and affiliate money and I did that to an extent but the blog it was the things I had to write about were very dull to be able to monetize that um, I'm sure so they were dull it kind of felt like it was I had a toy blog okay but I also I can't miss this opportunity where you've just said I'm sure it wasn't dull when they really this is how old I am as well when they released the iPad people couldn't believe that you could just use your finger they thought mm. you, you had to have a stylus like you did for can't remember what it was but the palm thingy yes, but already yeah. had a stylus and no people just couldn't believe it and I was like I am not missing out on this low-hanging fruit so I had a blog that was called iPad pens because Ooh. that's what people were searching for and that is how I'm, I made like a year's worth of income <laughs> on blogs that were about <laughs> iPad styluses so it was boring but it was necessary <laughs> to make money <laughs> back to the present day yes <laughs> I you know I wanted to do more writing that was like fun to do that mm. wasn't really focused on just making money so I set myself a challenge to write 100 blog posts by this certain amount of time mm. I was doing pretty well I got I, I wrote a lot but then basically they got choked up where I would write them and then um, I have a like a VA website designer I, we don't we never really figured out what her title is but it's this person. amazing person that helps me with these things and they were all waiting for her to like get them up onto the site and she's like mm-hmm. if I do all of these that's like all of your hours for like three months <laughs> so we won't be able to do anything else so I slowed back on the pace I knew I wasn't going to get like the hundred done but mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the process of writing and then in the meantime I started researching like how other how like people who are really love writing like how do they mm. make money online like how do authors make money online mm. how do um people who build these like massive newsletters where everyone's like you've got to be on that newsletter like how yeah. how do they do this um and then that's made me come up with the idea of having more of a newsletter focused business so instead mm. of having an email that I send out like one or two times a week that's you, you know like all it could be at the moment it's about my life so it's not all over the place but it's about mm. my life as a business owner but it doesn't have a solid structure or a solid theme or you know and sponsor of links and it's really a, a marketing email to promote yeah. my business and then I create other content separately what if the primary focus was writing this email to people at least once a week and that was the piece of content that I wanted to create and then mm. maybe other pieces of content came out of that but that was like where my heart like where my writing passion went to and so that's I've rebranded my newsletter to be the comfy business newsletter and so it looks like I jumped around from doing loads of blog posts and then I actually experimented on another platform as well called Substack and now I'm coming back to ConvertKit and mm. it looks like I jumped around <laughs> all these places but I promise every step was like oh that's the next that's the next step I never have the like here's the end goal yeah I'm like here's roughly the direction I want to go in and then oh this is the obvious next step for me so I'll do this for a while and then while I've Mm. done it for a while I realize oh actually the next step is over here yeah so the next step is now moving over to ConvertKit because it supports like this newsletter structure Mm. a lot better Mm. and um yeah rebanding my marketing email to be the comfy business newsletter and be more like just writing from my heart about life having a business that's just a comfortable business that's not Mm. here to like scale or slay or like smash it or do any of that stuff it's just like it's quite comfortable to run this and it makes a comfortable amount of money and it lets me have a nice 
comfy laid back life and mm. um that's what I'm gonna write about sounds lovely I can't wait <laughs> and I think you know my my parents are uh, like in the medical field and seeing a lot of the scientific approach in that context I think what you're doing is an exact experiment like that's how it works you try things and adapt and try other things and if those don't work you move on and like I think that sounds like exactly what an experiment is um well this has been fascinating I feel like we touched on so many different things but I see the through line of great like creating work and doing things in a way that makes sense for you that feels exciting and energizing and comfy um but you know having that sense of intentionality behind it all I really think that's a through line with what I see you doing so thank you for sharing uh before we do sort of a farewell a final goodbye I'd love for you to share how people can find you learn from you uh get to know you better online okay so if my website is worditude.co.uk so it's w-o-r-d-i-t-u-d-e uk because there are so many Laura Robinsons <laughs> so I'm definitely not going to be able to use my name and mm. um, there's a weirdly disproportionate number of Laura's who work in online business so um yeah so I just used a made-up name but that's my website and then if you put that into Facebook or Instagram you'll be able to find my um Facebook and Instagram accounts as well mm. um I don't know whether it's I'm more I'm on Facebook more so like Instagram I have a pretty solid steady presence but the more behind the scenes stuff is probably Facebook or mm. get on my newsletter because that's going to be like the really good stuff will be on there. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us and sharing all your wisdom and your experiences. It's been a pleasure and I will probably have you back on next year to tell us more about different experiments you've been running. Um, I mean, inside a year, I can you imagine how many things I can come back with. In a I year's know time? we might need multiple series of like Laura's adventures. <laughs> But I love it. And I think it's really helpful to hear people doing things differently, doing them their own way, because it can be so prescriptive in this industry. And yeah, I just really appreciate you sharing how you've built this the way you needed to, the way you wanted to. I think that's really inspiring. So I say one thing to that as well. Please. But that is, um, so when you when you first learn how to make a pancake, you're mm. going to have to follow an instruction. Like you can't, you can't freestyle making a pancake. You're going to have to follow someone's YouTube video or someone's recipe. So it's totally fine that when we begin, we're like, I'm following someone's prescription of how yeah. my business should look. It's knowing when like have to have the confidence to go, okay, I've got this and now I'm going to freestyle it. And I'm going to like put these things in my pancake mix and I'm going <laughs> to cook it for this long and I'm going to cook it in butter instead of oil. And like knowing when to deviate from the prescription. And mm. it took me far too long to do that. Mm. And so it's not about beating yourself up for being on like following the prescriptive yeah. way of doing it it's just that's how you get your training wheels off but then like knowing when to let go and just do it like now it's time for some freestyling which is where the real fun comes in mm. um that's the tricky bit <laughs> but I think it is helpful seeing other people freestyle as you oh, say definitely yeah yeah <laughs> I love it. Okay, we're going to wrap this up because this is getting long and I always do long episodes with people I'm friends with outside. So uh, thank you everyone for listening this week on Marketing Like a Mother. If you found value in the show today and want to support some fellow mompreneurs, we really appreciate a rating and telling a business friend about the show. We are going to be back next week with more marketing tips for busy mums with businesses. And until then, take care.